Side Hustle Show 315, how shooting toy guns turned into a full-time business. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, because you have to be the change you want to see in the world. We're continuing our online business series this week with Kelly Hardwick from femfatalairsoft.co.uk. It's a site she built to write about her new hobby in airsoft, which don't feel bad if you never heard of it. I was in the same boat. Kelly describes it as a war games sport, like the Call of Duty video game, but in real life. I think of it as a close cousin to paintball, but more realistic, and Kelly says maybe less painful. Because of her blog and social media presence, Kelly has turned that hobby into a full-time business through sponsored content, freelance writing, and social media management in this niche. So stay tuned to hear how she's grown her audience from zero to over 60,000 followers, how she first monetized her blog, and how she develops profitable relationships with other companies in the airsoft space. Notes and links for this one, plus the full text summary, are at sidehustlenation.com slash airsoft. As you listen in, you'll be thinking of how you can do the same for whatever hobbies you may have. And even though the blog itself, in Kelly's case, is not the biggest chunk of the revenue pie, it is the linchpin of this business, the home base that started it all. When you're ready to get your home base online, check out my free video course at sidehustlewebsite.com on how to do it quickly and without breaking the bank. Now, whether you're managing some company's social media or providing some other service for clients, you're going to need a reliable and professional way to get paid. For that, I rely on our sponsor, freshbooks.com, to help me invoice clients and advertisers. Inside FreshBooks, you'll find invoicing, expense management, proposals, time tracking, and more, all in one place so you can spend less time on admin and paperwork and more time on the things that really move you forward. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day completely free trial today with no credit card required. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. Now for Kelly, it was actually a car accident a few years ago that left her out of work. With the extra time on her hands, she began devouring all the airsoft content she could find online, basically to get excited about when she could start playing again. And that's where our story starts. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Kelly after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. As I was searching the internet, there was nothing really out there aimed at women. There was a couple of YouTube channels over in the States, but there wasn't anything certainly on the UK, European side. And after a couple of weeks of like browsing and stuff, I thought, do you know what? I should start this. You know, you hear those quotes, be the change you want to see in the world. So I was like, well, I'll start it. And then... From there, so I first started, I started in 2011 playing, that was my first game. And then 2014, it was every month or so, like I'd play once a month. And then I got into a CQB environment, which is close quarters battles. That's like inside, really close. I started playing that like once a week because I was like absolutely hooked on it. And I think the passion for it is what drove me to be like, I want to do this. That sounds especially the close quarters one man that sounds so stressful to me <laughs> i'm gonna get i'm gonna get shot oh. <laughs> i don't have the killer instinct did you have a military background what attracted you to this hobby in the first place no i don't have a military background i'm from a military family and i did want to apply to be in the forces but it wasn't something that was meant for me sort of thing so i first started i went my one of my friends was like i want to do this for my birthday it's called airsoft my boyfriend plays it it's like call of duty in real life and I've played a lot of video games, especially when I was younger. Call of Duty was my thing. 
And then she was like, it's Call of Duty in real life. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds great. So we played and that first game was actually, it was horrid. That's the only way I can think of describing it. It was cold. It was muddy. It was this tiny little airsoft site. I got shot in the face because I didn't know back then, like it was my first game. I didn't know there was all this face protection out there that would stop you like losing teeth and stuff. So I got shot in the face. One of my guns fell out on my holster, got completely covered in mud and got wrecked. After that, I was like, I don't want to do this again. That sucked. (laughs) And then I think it was like four years later, it was in 2014. My boyfriend at the time was like, I really want to play an airsoft game for my birthday and I want you to come. And I'm like, no, I've already tried it. I don't want to do it, but I will do it if you buy me this gun. And it was a pink gun by one of the manufacturers that I work with. And I assumed that he just wouldn't buy it because like that's crazy and then a few weeks later it turned up at the door and I was like oh well no excuse now (laughs) you called your bluff you're in yeah but it was a completely different day it was much more enjoyable it was in the summer so it was a lot warmer outdoors and it was all friends so the day there was no cheating there was no I had like proper protective gear as well so that helped I didn't get shot in the face I got shot obviously but not nothing happened to my face which was fine and after that I was like actually if it's like this all the time it was really fun and it's a way of getting out there and getting more exercise. Let's let's do some more of it. And then, like I said, after I found the CQB one, because you feel the fear when you're going through those doorways because you don't know what's around the corner, that was what sold it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Okay, so you're looking around. You're saying, okay, this is actually a lot of fun. This is something I enjoy doing. Looking around at the existing online content, the existing online YouTube videos, and saying, okay, there's some stuff out here, but there's nothing really geared towards women and definitely nothing geared towards women in the UK. So it's just, okay, be the change you want to see in the world. If nothing's out there, why don't I create it? So tell me about the early days and getting this thing off the ground, figuring out what content to create. What does that look like? Oh my goodness. So when the blog first started in 2014, I was a complete blogging noob. I'd done a blogging module for my university course, so I knew how to set up a blog and that sort of stuff. But I started with my iPhone and the very limited kit that I'd already bought. And I started taking photos at games and just writing up little reviews. I also set up the Instagram as well, which helped. And that helped me connect with the community. And connecting with the community helped me discover new products and new companies and other things that I could bring to the blog. I did make a few YouTube videos, but turns out I, I don't like editing that much I well, at the time I didn't like editing that much I'd like it a lot more now because I'm better at it sort of thing you know Bambi when he first stands up and he's like trying to walk it was a very very one of those situations I think that sounds like you tried you started where you were and say okay well I'm going to be playing these anyways why don't I photograph the games here's the equipment that I'm using why don't I write about that yeah and go from there yeah, it was very much start where I am instead of start where I want to be, because I think that's one thing people get hung up on. They st- want to start where they want to be instead of just starting where they are. So I started where I was. And then after, I think it was a couple of months, there was a company that noticed what I was doing because I reviewed a few of their products. And then they said to me, hey, we'd like to thank you for the content you've done. We appreciate it. We'd like to send you some kit to review. Would you like to do that? And I was like, yeah, of course I would. That'd be amazing. Yeah, you're going to send me free stuff? Yeah, I'll do that. And then it snowballed from there. At the start, I was like, oh my God, people want me to review their things. Oh my God. Was there any intention or aspiration to make money from it at the beginning? No. People asked me that up until I think it was halfway to 2016. I was always like, I don't know where it's going to go. I'm just enjoying the ride. It's something that I do for fun. I really enjoy taking the photos. I love writing about 
the game days, like what's happened. I love writing reviews and helping people find things that work for them. So at the time it was just, this is something fun to do in my spare. Well, at start it was like to keep me from going stir crazy in the house. But then once I got another job, it was like, this is, it's a great escape from normal life. It's really fun to do it on the sides. It wasn't ever intended to be a full-time thing, which I think is the craziest thing about it. Well, let's talk about that. Between starting Femme Fatale Airsoft in 2014 and then going full-time in 2017, was there an inflection point or a moment where the traction was such that you thought there might be something to this? I mean, obviously you ended up taking that leap. In halfway through 2015, I'd been blogging for about, I think it was six months by then. So I'd amassed a good amount of content online. And there was an airsoft mag- there's two airsoft magazines in the UK and one of them, which is one that I I started reading that one because I was like this this content's really great. My picture appeared in the mag in the April edition. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is great. And then the next month the editor contacted me and was like, Hey Kelly, we've seen your work online. We really enjoy reading it. Would you like to submit us a trial piece? And I was like, Oh my god, no way. No way. Wait, so how did your picture, you submitted the picture to the magazine? Yes, every month we do something called the Rogues Gallery and people submit their pictures to the editor. And I submitted one of mine from my previous game days and it turned up in the magazine. So that was really cool. And then I got a message the next month saying, hey, Kelly, we really enjoy your stuff. Would you like to do a trial piece? And I was like, yes, absolutely, definitely. And then I went to the site, I reviewed it. It was a really, really good day. I sent all the pictures to the editor and all the the copy and then he said, look, this is really great. You've got a great writing style. Would you like to do more work from us? And it's paid. And I was like, I never expected to get paid for this. Yeah, let's do that. And then at that point, I was like, actually, there's something in this. So the magazine, well, first you submitted the picture as a reader of the magazine, and then they had discovered your site and their process was give us a trial article and then say, do you want to do more of this? We'll pay you. Yeah. What do they, what is a journalism job like that? pay it's pretty standard across the industry it's 50 pound per 500 words that's per page okay 50 pounds per page okay so i'm not sure what that is in dollars i think it might be like 65 70 dollars yeah, 60 75 something like that yeah well that's that's pretty cool and that's a recurring gig so the first taste of kind of recurring revenue here yeah was there a conflict of saying well now we've got to create content for this magazine and that's taking away content that i could be creating for my own site no, so when I spoke to the editor about it, I was like, hey, so I'm creating a fair bit of content for you guys. Would it be okay if I shared it on my blog as well? Obviously, giving the magazine credit and obviously tagging them in the posts and stuff. And he was like, yeah, as long as you wait for 30 days after it's published. So obviously, the magazine readers get to read it first. And then you, you're welcome to share it on your site. Just tag us in the post. And I was like, sweet. So that adds to the content as well. Did you do anything else to market the blog or try and grow traffic to the blog in the in the early days? No, it was mostly on social media. So I joined the Airsoft community groups that we've got on Facebook and I was sharing the content in that. I was sharing the content on the Instagram and just trying to connect and engage with people as much as possible. Tell me about Instagram because you have over 60,000 followers. It's Instagram.com slash Airsoft you're an Insta celebrity over here. <laughs> so what was what was going on to grow that engagement, to grow that following? So I started just posting, obviously, the pictures from the game days and stuff. And I started, I think it was no, it was November 2014, the Instagram started. It was, I think it was the same day the blog, I uploaded the first article. But 
started just uploading things and then people I noticed like the lights starting to come in I'm like oh this is cool people noticing so as soon as the lights had come in they're all less off to cancel I was like oh, I'll follow these people back because then I can see more content and then people started commenting so I was commenting back commenting on their photos started really really engaging with the community and I think that's the most important part of building a following you've got to engage with your community and you've got to be a presence in it yeah there's a niche for everything. I didn't, I didn't even know about this until we connected and, and now it's a pretty serious operation. Yeah. The Instagram grew really, really quickly. I think in the first year there was like 9,000 followers, which was, I thought that was pretty incredible anyway. I think so too. And then the second year, 25,000. Then third year it was up to, I think it was like 45. And that was, now we're almost at 65. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. It, it is crazy. Every post on here has thousands of likes. So what's driving that outside of that initial early one-on-one engagement? I try to do the same thing now. It's harder to answer all the, the messages and stuff now because there's so many of them coming in. But I, I still try to do the I did try to do the live feeds because I still want to engage with people. And the live feeds, when they were introduced, actually, that really helped because it gives you more of a chance to engage with your community on a bigger scale. And I try to do a weekly question answer because I've got the questions options now, which is really nice because you get some absolute howlers. <laughs> and I love that. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So tell me tell me about this live feed and the weekly q and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, a, I'm an Instagram rookie. It's like having 
a big family chat, which is really nice because people can throw questions at you and you can answer them. What I normally do is I'll set up in my office, set my phone up. I'll have all my kit in the background and I'm like, guys and girls, ask me the questions. If you want to see anything, let me know. And then like 20 minutes later, I'm digging out kit from bags and just throwing things around the room. It's, it's, it's a pretty funny sight to see. And then in regards to the question answer, I upload a picture every week with a question box and it says, hey, do you think? Send me some questions. And then you can basically type a little question in the box, send it in. It gets sent to my like messages sort of thing. And I can look through them and pick which ones to answer. They're completely anonymous, so you can't see who sent the question in. But it's it's it's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Oh, interesting. Is that on just a standard Instagram post or is that inside the stories? Inside the stories themselves. Could anybody do that or do you have to have a certain number of followers? I'm pretty sure that anyone can do that. I think the only thing that separates the accounts is once you've got 10,000 followers, you can have analytics data sent to your phone. I've just had a look on my personal account because I've got a personal account where I share like my non-S off things and you can, you can do the lives and everything. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and after 10,000, you can have swipe up. And every time I go through there, everything is like swipe up. I follow all these marketers. It's like, uh, don't tell me what to do. I'm just yeah. <laughs> swipe up here. Yeah. I'm a strong, independent man. Don't, don't tell me what, tell to, me do. what to do. <laughs> so Instagram has been obviously huge for you. The blog content, getting noticed by these magazines and starting to get paid gigs, writing for these industry magazines. What else is going on on the revenue side? Okay, so there's a lot of different things I do under one umbrella. One of the main sellers for me is social media sponsorship. So companies paying me to feature their products on my social medias, mostly Instagram because it's my biggest following. And really what I do is companies want to connect Airsofters with their products and Airsofters want to know what's the coolest thing to have, what's the newest thing to have, you know, what really works. So what I do is I'm sort of the middleman. I connect the companies with the airsofters through my accounts and I give the airsofters my honest thoughts about the products and all this, like the services. Did those companies just start to reach out to you because there's like, hey, this girl has 60,000 followers and we got to get in front of her audience? Or was there a proactive pitch on, on your behalf? Some companies have approached me, which is really, really, really awesome. Most of them I've proposed to companies. So I go to SHOT Show every year, which is the gun show in America in Las Vegas, which is awesome. And I also go to IWA Outdoor Classics, which is in Nuremberg. And that's the biggest outdoors gun show in Europe. So I go there every year. I get to meet up with companies. I get to introduce myself, which is nice. They can put names to faces because we all follow each other online. But because we all live in such different locations, we don't really get to meet that often. So it's nice to go there and introduce. And then someone will say, oh, we'd love to send you some kit. And I'm like, oh, how about we do some collaborations? We work together and sponsorships. And I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, send us a media pack. And I'm like, I will do that. Okay, let's, well, tell me what's, what does your media pack look like, your media kit? One, I think one of the big selling points of my media pack is the images are, they're all really crystal, really clear, they're cool, they're spot on, they're colorful, like it really draws your eye to it. Um, my media pack basically just tells people how many followers I've got, what my aims are, what I can do for businesses. So I can obviously showcase their products to thousands of airsofters and I can help them with their social media presences, making them more prominent on social media in front of the right community because being big on instagram is awesome but you've got to make sure you're in you've got people that are interested in what you do and what you sell yeah absolutely do you include 
pricing packages in that media kit or is that something that you reserve for email or phone call? So I've got a services pack which explains it that basically gives like example campaigns that I've done for blog posts, YouTube videos, social media sponsorships. What I'll do is I'll send the media pack over and then say, hey, I hope you got it. It's normally a phone call. I prefer to do things over phone call because you can really get a you can gauge more of what people are thinking, what they want out of it, and you can ask more questions. Sometimes communicating over email, it can be taken wrong or sometimes people don't understand what you want, what you mean. So talking on the phone, I think, is a very good business tactic. Always do it over the phone if you can. And but I'll bring them up and say, Hey, what is it you're thinking? What are your business aims? Where do you want your business to be in three years? That's a key question. And then they'll say, Oh, hey, we're thinking about this, this and this. And I'll say, I'll send you the services pack. And that's got the examples. So the examples are, as they say, they've got the pricing, but that's that particular thing. If you say you like one of something out of A and something out of C, could we combine those together? Absolutely. We can create a completely custom campaign for each company because each company's aims are different. So it's nice for them to have the option and someone take the care and time to say, hey, we should do something completely bespoke. Okay. Are you comfortable sharing what a recent campaign looked like in terms of what you delivered and what you charged for that? Yes. So there was a, a company that I worked with last year and so midway this year. And the way I proposed that package was they wanted to, rather than a big social media push, they wanted blog reviews. They basically wanted their products to be reviewed because they didn't have a very big presence in the UK. So obviously people in the airsoft in the UK didn't really know that much about their products and they wanted someone who was prominent to test them out and then give their honest opinion about them. So with that, I did four, it was four blog posts and a YouTube video. So I charge normally around £200 for a blog post. I'm happy to share that. And that includes, usually includes five photos and 500 words. The reason it costs that price, obviously, is because of the time it takes me to take the photos, edit them, and then obviously write the copy to go with it. But I did them four blog reviews and a YouTube video, which was like an unboxing. So saying to my followers, hey, this is what we're going to be looking at this month. And that was around £750 a month. Okay, so you had it set up as a recurring relationship. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a six-month campaign. The numbers from that were really good by the end of it. The brand was a lot more had a lot more prominence in the UK. And with that as well, because the shops in the UK had seen me pushing their brand, the shops in the UK started to take more of their products on. So it ended up being a really fruitful business relationship. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I'm, I was just curious, especially the six month campaign part that it was really cool to hear because I think of, yeah, I'll post your, I'll post a picture of your product with me on Instagram. And then by the time tomorrow rolls around, it's, it's dead and gone. So instead of a one and done thing, and maybe an Instagram shout out or whatever, whatever the cool kids are calling it these days, like that'll be, that's part of the campaign, but that doesn't have to be the only thing. Okay. So that's actually really helpful. I was going to ask you, because this came up on another show recently, why not just register a .com? So it's femfatalairsoft.co.uk. Why not try and get a .com and make it less geo niche I have a femfatalairsoft.com as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> so femfatalairsoft.com, it's all right. So I've got two websites. At first, I only set up the blog as, as that website. And then I was like, oh, I should probably have a more of a, a fancy website. So the .com address has my about section, my online store, because I sell patches, my logos and stuff like that, which is nice for people to show their support. 
But so yeah, I have the dot com as well. It's just not got the blog on it. The blog is a link to it. Do you think that has helped you or hurt you in trying to reach a broader audience? If people come and say, well, this isn't going to be super relevant to me because maybe these products are only available in the UK or or what? I don't think it's hurt the business at all because a lot, where's my stats? I had them in front of me. So a big portion of the readership is the States, which is pretty good. I've got a couple of readers in Israel as well, which is pretty awesome. It's a really global thing. But when I first started, like I'm very open about the fact I didn't actually know what I was doing. So I was like, yeah, .co.uk, that's cool. Cause then I've got like, it's my country. That's chill. But then it was later that I got the .com address because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want someone else having it. So I went and got it. But I'm just looking at the stats now. The States is the next biggest chunk on the graph next to the UK. Is there much on the affiliate side from the blog in doing these kit reviews and doing these product reviews? Or is most of that just a sponsored like hey we'll, we'll send you this to review or that's part of your sponsorship packages it's mostly the sponsorship because i tried the amazon affiliate scheme i think with airsoft not a lot of the shops or the manufacturers and the distributors they don't really do the affiliate schemes because airsoft media is still i think in its infancy it's definitely there but it's growing so obviously it's not as developed as obviously like the makeup or lifestyle side of blogging so I normally work with the companies on sponsored posts. I did try the Amazon affiliate scheme because there there are a lot of airsoft products on Amazon and you can get, there are companies that trade solely on Amazon, but it's not really been a big seller for me. It's not really brought a great amount of income in. I do put them in every so often. And I've noticed there's now the Amazon influencer side of things where you can make the big like recommended list, which is a really cool feature actually. But I don't think the affiliate... Certainly the Amazon affiliate scheme hasn't worked for my blog in particular, but there are a couple of companies I work with. They have affiliate schemes and they've worked, they've worked okay. That's good to know. This is when you're doing the product reviews, that's like a natural affiliate or a really common affiliate strategy is like, Hey, you know, this particular brand name, model name review, right? That's the title of my blog post. And here's the detailed review of it. Okay. So the blog content, the sponsorship, campaigns, the packages, the Instagram following, the writing for the magazines, anything else going on in terms of what's what's driving revenue for you, what's what's making this business viable as a as a full time operation and letting you be a, a full time airsoft player slash blogger? Yes, there's a couple more things. There are companies that let me manage their social media. So I noticed time is it's obviously really, really important. And once you've been at work for nine to five every day there are people who they just want to go home and spend time with their families they don't want to spend time on instagram or they don't want to spend time on social media they want to be spending it with their families now social media is my life which is that sounds terrible (laughs) 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 but obviously handing over some your social media to someone who obviously is on it a lot and knows the ins and outs of it it's it saves them time and it saves them confusion i think because obviously social media is constantly changing it's constantly evolving and it's hard to keep up with if you're not really too involved with it. So companies basically say to me, hey, we've got these social media accounts. We'd really like to grow them. We want the, we want to be more noticed in the community. Would you help us by managing it? So what I do is sometimes I create the content or sometimes they send me the content and then I just have to do the words and the hashtagging and posting it at the right times. But I take that on for them. 
and they pay me an hourly rate for doing it. And I just have to chalk up every week, like how long I've spent on their own social medias and then send them the invoice for it. So I do that as well, which is pretty lucrative. A lot of people don't like social media as much as I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, if you, like you said, social media is my life. If you're going to be on it anyways, that sounds like a natural fit. Now tell me about that pricing plan. Hey, I'm, I'm going to get paid an hourly rate. I'm going to track all this stuff and I'm going to send an invoice versus what you had put together with the sponsorship packages where it's like, hey, it's going to be this price per month, kind of a flat fee. I'm curious, why not go that same route with the social media management? Yeah, it's mostly because companies prefer to send me their own content and then just I just create curate something from their own content. With the sponsorship packages, it's because I'm taking like the creative lead on it. So it's I spend more time taking the photos, doing that sort of stuff. With the social media management, I think relatively a lot more simple. So I charge an hourly rate for that. If they want me to do the obviously the content creation, they just get billed for more hours of work, if you know what I mean. So in some cases, it can be cheaper for them. Some cases, it can be more expensive, <laughs> just depending on how deep you want to go into it sort of thing. Have you had any challenges keeping everything straight? Like, okay, I need to post this on my account. I need to post this for my advertiser. I need to post this for this other client that I'm managing. That sounds, I don't know, it sounds like an organizational challenge. <laughs> so when I first started taking on the social media management side of it, I didn't realize how much more work it'd be. So I was like, oh, I can just do it. You know, I'll do it when I do my own. And then eventually I got, two or three companies on board and I was like oh no oh no so now what I have is I have basically it's a really really big folder I'm not one for sort of like online calendars I prefer physical books and notebooks and calendars and plans like that so I have this big folder with loads of printed calendar sheets and basically every start of the month I plan all the like the days of the week the content what's going out that day what time it'll go out and then I have to really stick to I've also got a separate phone <laughs> so I've got two phones my phone has got all the login details for all of the, those companies' accounts, but they're primarily logged into my own accounts. And then my other phone is my sort of like business social media phone, and that's always logged in. So I just have to swap between the phones. It was at the start, it was an organizational nightmare because I didn't realize how much I was taking on. And I did share a event from an events company to my own personal Facebook. At that point, I was like, "Oh, girl, you need to get you need to get it together." That was when I made the sort of plans. So I've got weekly planners and monthly planners. And they're separate for Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, you kind of figure it out as you go. Do those social media management relationships come from those in-person events as well? Or how did you end up connecting with those clients? I travel the UK to play airsoft sites and I go to the sites and I talk to the owners and stuff and, and like introduce myself. I'll speak to the shop owners and they'll obviously be like, oh, you know, we follow you on Instagram. Like, we'd love to be at that sort of level. I'm like, well... And normally they'll say something like, I don't have the time. And at that point, I'm like, well, <laughs> if you want, I can like have a look at your social medias and we can discuss if there's any way I can help you with that. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's 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 great. So I, I go through the social medias, I talk to them about it, what they could do to improve their engagement, what they could do to improve the content. And then I'm always like, if you guys are stuck and you don't have the time to do it, I'm happy to help you with it. I'll send you the services pack. And then it just goes from there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because you've got the proof of having done it yourself. So they say, well, shoot, if we get half the results that she's got, that'll be a great investment. So Kelly, at what point were you comfortable going full-time? I don't think I was ever fully comfortable 
with the decision to go full time just because it was I'd left a job in the December of 2016. In the January of 2017, I'd started a job as a social media manager for a, a magazine company. And I got that job because of my social media following. I went to the interview and I was like, yeah, I've got 45,000 followers on Instagram. That was probably a little bit cheeky because was, it was a group interview as well. And I'm sat there, I'm like, yeah, I've got 45,000 followers on Instagram. And everyone in the room just looked at me like, what? Because the other candidates obviously didn't have that much pull on social media. And they're like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So I started showing them and then like, you could see people rolling their eyes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, that was savage. But I got the job and I started working for them. I started working for them and I was I think it was a couple of weeks in and I was my I was traveling so much and oh my goodness I was traveling so much and I was going to work every day and I realized I had absolutely no passion or interest in what I was doing I was going to work every day I was going through the motions and as much as it was an easy job for me because I knew what I was doing and I could do it all day every day if I had to I just had no I had no interest in doing something in working so hard for someone else's thing, if you know what I mean. So I was like, this is grinding me down. And then I came home from work one day and I said to my mum and dad, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And my dad was always like, you will make the right decision. I went to work the next day. I went into the office and spoke to the HR lady. I was like, I'm really sorry. This isn't going to work for me. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. She was mad. She was very mad. I walked out. I drove home went back home, said, I've quit my job. And everyone was like, oh my goodness, what? And I was like, you told me to make the right decision. And at that point, I started panicking because I was like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> but I think at that point it was, there was no safety net. There wasn't anything that I could fall back on. So it had to work. This was game time. There was no sitting back on your laurels that had to, had to be done. So which I gave it a really, really proactive push. Then thankfully it all worked out. Thankfully. Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. That's such a funny story of like, trust your gut. Oh, I didn't think you were going to trust it that way. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think you were actually going to go through with it. And I was like, but I thought, what? Oh, no. After when I got home, I was like, oh, maybe that was a bad decision. But I took the rest of the day off because I was kind of like in shell shock that I'd actually done that because I'd never made, I don't think there's any decision braver than deciding to do your own thing. I don't think there's anything braver than that. So when I got home, I was like, oh, I should probably take a few hours just to process what I've just done. Yeah, it's a scary move. Yeah, I overhauled the blog completely. I gave it a new look. I did all these, like, I made the media, the first media pack I did that day. Oh, my goodness. It was, the, the day after was, I think, the busiest day I've ever done on the blog because I just had to... Yeah, time to get serious. Time to yeah. time to treat it like a real business. And it's awesome that you had that to fall back on because most people don't. Most people say, well, I've got this job that sucks, but what's my other option? But you said, hey, look, I've got this following. I've got this brand that I've built. And I think there's something, I think there's something there. So Kelly, what's next for you? What has you excited going into the next year of business here? The one thing I just want to quickly put in with that, I think one of the things that really gave me the confidence to go full time was the pop-up business school, Alan's company. Him and Henry were trying to get me to go to one of their events for years. And I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not going to make it a business. And then I attended one in the November of 2016 and that I spoke to a couple of companies about possibly like doing some sponsorship work with them and some collaborations and the companies were all up for it and I was like oh my god that's cool Alan's right this could be full-time <laughs> what do you know <laughs> Alan's always right so <laughs> in regards to the future so there's a lot of things I'm excited about I move into a new office 
next month, which is really, really exciting on the 5th. I've got my own dedicated workspace because at the minute I'm working like out of my spare bedroom in my house. That's how we all start, at least uh, at least for me. Yeah, so I'm going to get my own dedicated office space. It'll be really nice. I'll have a dedicated space for YouTube videos and for storing my kit, which will be nice because if you could see behind me, you'd, be, you'd think we were going into a war zone sort of thing because it's just... It's everywhere and it's ready. Has YouTube been a big focus for you? It was in the, in the beginning. I did dabble a bit in 2017. But this is the thing where I think when I became, my first started doing it full time, I didn't realise how much I took on in such a short space of time. And because it was completely new to me, I didn't know how to manage my time that well. I was taking on so much for the blog that the YouTube, I was like completely burned out on it. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Like I've already done so much work today. I don't want to do any more. And then my my channel actually got demonetized because it was a, a gun channel, which is crazy because there are some real firearms channels that haven't been demonetized, but mine's an imitation firearms one. It got demonetized. I was like, oh, okay. So I gave up on YouTube a little bit, which I shouldn't have done because realistically with the following I've got, it's a very galvanized fan base, which I'm so thankful for. I really should be putting that content out. So I took a year's a year break from YouTube. I actually came back this month. I just posted two videos this week. But I've decided this point forward because I've obviously got the new dedicated workspace and I, I now know how to manage my time correctly. I know how to prioritise tasks, which is a really important thing when you're self-employed. So now that I've got that, I'm definitely going to start doing the YouTube because YouTube is very big in the States, especially. There's YouTubers with millions of followers in Airsoft, which is a point that I would definitely like to get to. Yeah, I keep hearing echoes of YouTube over and over again. So maybe it's time for me to get more serious about that platform too. So dedicated office, anything, YouTube stuff, anything else you're looking forward to coming up? So I've just come back from the States for a four week business trip, which is really cool. I'm flying back out on the 18th of January for SHOT Show in Vegas. So that's going to be cool. It'll be a chance to meet new companies, introduce myself, do some video content, some blog content as well, get some magazine content as well. It has going to be a really, really busy week. I've got a load of events planned in the US as well, which is awesome. And then I come back in February and then in March, I've got the Nuremberg Outdoor Show as well, which is the same sort of thing. The SHOT Show is massive. This has got to be the world's biggest gun show. I stumbled my way into it while they were setting up. I had gone to some meetup at another conference. I was there for Affiliate Summit, I think, and was trying to get back to the hotel and I couldn't find my way out. Like all these vendors were setting up and they're like, the gun show is coming into town. It was tens of thousands of people they were expecting for this thing. So it's massive. Yeah. I read, I think it was 2016 or 2017. There was like 80,000 people there. And when I went last year, I've never, I've, I went to Vegas in 2017, but I've never, ever seen that many people in one space at once. I believe it. So femfatalairsoft.co.uk. Kelly, thank you so much for taking the time to join me and enlighten us on kind of a really a different business path for a blog that has opened up so many different doors. And that's really exciting to see what you've built there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Start even if you're afraid. Just take the leap. The fear never really goes away. Start even if you're afraid. I like it. Kelly, thanks so much again, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
let's put ourselves in Kelly's shoes for a minute. She obviously loves Airsoft and the community around it, and she loves social media. And what's really exciting is she's found a way to make a living combining those interests. But if I had to guess, she's probably less interested in the administrative and bookkeeping side of her business. And that's where our sponsor, FreshBooks.com, comes in. The award-winning cloud accounting software is trusted by millions of small business owners, myself included, and was designed from the ground up to save time and headache. For example, you can create and send polished, professional-looking invoices in about 30 seconds. You can set yourself up to receive payments online in just a couple clicks, and you can snap pictures of receipts with your phone just to make managing your expenses about a million times easier. Even as a longtime customer, I know I'm just scratching the surface of everything FreshBooks can do to make your life easier, but the good news is you can check it out for yourself for free. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day unrestricted free trial today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Kelly. Number one is to fill the void. We've referred to this in the past as the what sucks method for coming up with business ideas. As you go through your days and your weeks, what sucks? If it sucks for you, other people might have the same problem. And if you can figure out a way to solve it, there might be a business there. For Kelly, what sucked was there was no female voice in the Airsoft community. So she decided to fill that void to be the change she wanted to see. In a way, that's why this podcast exists. It's the show I wanted to hear. And it turns out, thankfully, other people did too. That's takeaway number one, fill the void. Takeaway number two is there's more than one way to monetize a blog. A lot of our blogging episodes in the past have focused on affiliate commissions, ad revenue, and product sales. But Kelly illustrates there's more there than meets the eye in using the blog almost as a launch pad to grow an audience and become a voice in the niche. It sounds like there was this cool domino effect, which we've actually heard from lots of guests. I started this thing, it led to this, which led to this. In Kelly's case, she started writing, other companies started to notice, they started to send her products to review, other companies liked her writing and then wanted to pay her to write for them. She started to get famous on the IGs, which led to more people seeing her stuff, which led to the sponsored content and the social media gigs. It really can be a virtuous circle once you get going. But as she said, the key is to get started even if you're scared. That's takeaway number two. There's lots of different ways to monetize a blog, but having that home base is key. Takeaway number three is to be proactive. I was really impressed when Kelly described her proactive outreach to companies in her space to work together. When you're in charge of cutting your own paycheck, you can't just always sit back and wait for the deals 
to fall in your lap, or if you're a blogger, to wait for somebody to click on that affiliate link of yours. I really loved how she described her first few days of self-employment and how motivated she was and how much she got done during that time. Funny how a little fire like that can burn for a long time. Of course, a big thank you to Alan Donegan from popupbusinessschool.co.uk for introducing me to Kelly's story and for connecting us. If you missed my conversation with Alan, that was episode 306. Highly recommend checking it out, especially if you're still in search of that perfect side hustle idea. So that's takeaway number three, to be proactive. Notes and links from this episode, along with the full text summary, are at sidehustlenation.com slash airsoft. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.